What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you are a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm awesome. Hungry? Hungry? Yeah. I'm always hungry. That's my problem. I could literally eat all the time. I probably could too. Yeah. But I eat small portions. Oh, that's good. You do, man. You do. I don't have a big stomach. You don't. I do, unfortunately. You know, we went to the. I got. I got to unstretch it. It's got. It's been too stretched. We 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 had the uh, network retreat, and remember, I kept getting on to you because, like, every meal you left like half your food. I was like, bro, you need to clean up your plate. He's like, my stomach's not that big. <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's probably it. Probably happened. It's yeah, probably true. I'm like, it's like my kids, man. I'm like, hey, finish your food. You got to finish your plate. Yeah, my I mom know. said that to me. That's probably why I'm fat now. And then I grow up and I eat my whole plate. It, even and that's a the good thing, like the portion thing, right? If portion you control. If you don't just make a big old plate, make it's you true. half a plate and finish it, anyways. It's true. It's true. Well, Matt, what's um, what's like? Do you have any good stories from this week? Anything? <laughs> anything fun happen? Oh man, um, yeah. There's there's always fun things in the Hess household. Man, Cadence is a lot of fun lately. She's just she might be our funniest one yet. The things that she says and does. Tell our listeners how old Cadence is. Cadence is three. Yeah, so we have four kids. Cadence is three. Sienna's seven. I, uh, Gavin's nine, and Isaac's eleven. And uh, Cadence is just she's a mess, man. Hmm. She is a mess, and. Uh, we had a missions team up a couple weeks ago, and uh, they taught her this Drake song, I guess. is a Drake song. A missions team taught yeah, your daughter a Drake song? I don't know. I guess that somebody said it was a Drake song. It's like Kiki riding in the backseat or something. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you there's, this, yeah there's okay. this thing going around. It's a dance the, movie, the right? The Kiki Challenge. The Kiki Challenge. people get this out is of it. their car and dance and then get yes. hit by oncoming traffic. That Idiots. actually happened a couple of times. Oh, yeah. my gosh. They deserve it. Yeah, you do. If you get out of your car and dance during oncoming traffic, you deserve to be hit. Yeah. I saw that. And the dude, did you see the dude? He jumped out of his car and he ran into the pole and mm-hmm. he wasn't paying attention, ran into the pole. That was pretty funny. Yeah, if you go on YouTube yeah. and you, go, uh, you search like Kiki Challenge fails or yeah. things like that, there's actually some pretty funny ones. Yeah, so Cadence, you know, she comes, she's like, Oh, Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding in my back seat? And like, she's, you know, she's singing this song and she's doing the dance and stuff. I'm like, oh my Lord. So she's funny, man. We're, we're in the middle of a counseling session last night. We put her to bed like at 730. We're doing premarital counseling. She comes down like at, at like nine o'clock. <laughs> she just like walks into the living room. So apparently she can get out of her bed now oh. and open the door. Oh, so that's a new a fun uh, phase. That's a new fun phase. And so uh went up there and and uh was like, what are you doing? You know, and she showed me. She like climbs up onto her sister's bed. They share her bed. She like climbs up onto her sister's bed to the end railing, stands up, gets climbs up onto the end railing, and then like stretches, leans all the way over and puts her uh hooks her hands onto the her bed and then pulls herself over and tumbles into the bed. <laughs> and it's the same way she gets out. So yeah, man. Time to lower her bed. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Like How about you, buddy? How's your week? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's happened this week. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think anything. God's doing some good stuff, man. Fellowship Oshawa. Yeah. Yeah. It's been exciting, man. We're, um, it's been a really good summer. Uh, we're growing. Um, it's just been cool, man. Like 
just seeing God's faithfulness over the last, you know, a couple of years, uh, you know, go, you know, we had some lean months <laughs> yeah. last year and, and, you know, times, you know, like many, many times where I wanted to quit and were yeah. super discouraging and, you know, just continuing to, like we've talked about before, press through yeah. that yeah. and, you know, continue steadfastly in prayer and just continue to go out in the harvest, share the gospel, uh, disciple and pour into the ones that are there. And, uh, we're beginning to, um, see some fruit, you know, yeah. and kind of reap, uh, the, uh, the harvest uh, yeah. from that labor. So it's been awesome, man. It's been good. That's good. Jared yeah. and I was just kind of talking before we started recording and just talking about how so many planners we've seen, you know, like they throw in the towel and, uh, it's, it's always discouraging. And sometimes God calls guys to different things and, you know, you got to obey that. But I, I, I actually think that some guys quit right before. You know, God's going to do something. You got to stay steadfast, man. You got to, so if you're listening today, man, and you're just discouraged, man, let's just speak that into you, receive that and, uh, and keep on, keep on banging the drum, keep on doing the right thing, you know, over and over again. Eventually you're going to see fruit. Yep. You'll see it. It yep. takes time and especially in a place like this, right, Jared? Yeah, it absolutely takes time in a place like this. And, uh, I was telling, you know, our friend, um, uh, James, who's uh, got his first preview service. Yeah, shout out Fellowship Boneville, James yeah, Greaves. Really excited for him. And and I was telling him that uh, when we were hanging out the other day that, you know, just, man, like, you know, put your expectations aside for this, you know, this coming Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, because there's just, you know, there's, you you, ha you, you think you know how it's going to be. Yeah. And, and there, I know that there's going to be disappointment in some, yeah. in some areas, you know, and things aren't going to go exactly how you planned. And that's okay. Like, yeah. it's going to, it's not the strobe gonna, lights are going to malfunction. <laughs> yeah, this fog machine. Gonna, <laughs> the fog machine. Somebody's going to forget work. the. Somebody's freaking get the soap, <laughs> and they're not going to have bubbles or fog, and yeah. it's going to be disastrous. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but the spirit will still move in spite of the he absence will. of the fog he machine. Will. So, yeah. Anyways, well, man, today uh, I thought we would talk about the value of mentorship. Mm. Uh, so I know that mentorship is something that. Uh, has been key in my life. Yeah, um, I've and I've always. I remember from uh, when I first came to Christ. Uh, you know, just this this desire within me to want to seek out mentors, to want to yeah. seek out uh, men that I could follow. Yeah, uh, be, and that I can learn from. Yeah, and I think that God kind of builds that into us. Yeah, builds that desire into us. So. Uh, Matt, let's just start off by talking about, uh, and I'll ask you, what's the value of having a mentor? Oh man, so, so much value. I think, you know, I talk to a lot of guys and a, a lot of pastors and players and stuff and, you know, we want to be good leaders and guys want to be good leaders. I want to lead this. I want to lead that. And whether it's a plant, a network, your home, whatever it might be. Um, but in order to be a good leader, you have to become a good follower and you have to become a good listener and you have to become a good learner. You know, you have to become a good learner. And I think that when I get really really connected with young men who have the heart of a learner and what you said is key man i was very the same same exact way you know uh, 2007 i gave my life to christ and my mentor chuck herring out of cairo first baptist he just just shaped me in so many different ways and man the value of a mentor for me when i think about mine and chuck's relationship he's a guy who i can literally come to with anything like i can ask him any question now he he doesn't know the church planning world, 
Um, he hasn't planned a church or anything like that. But I think so many guys, when they talk about like find a mentor, they think like, I got to find an expert. Mm-hmm. I got to find an expert in church planning or whatever it might be. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. that's more coaching. We're going to talk about the difference in just a minute. But, you know, f- for me, the value in having a mentor is somebody who's been there before you. Like they've walked with Jesus for a long time. They love Christ. They love the Lord, their character, they have integrity, you know, and the value is somebody who you can reach out to and just say, man, I'm really struggling or I have this question or it can be, I'm thinking through things like I've talked to Chuck about. I mean, it's been things like, hey, pastor, um, in the beginning, you know, I remember my first wedding or first funeral, pastor, how do I do a funeral? Let me show you, you know? Let me show you how to do that. Um, you know, how should I do this wedding? How should I end it? Well, let me show you. You know, I mean, um, just mistakes I made <laughs> as a young minister walking into a hospital room. I've told you the story. There's a woman there, and you know, I ask her, you know, like, um, so what are you in here for? And she's like, well, a female surgery. And you know, Pastor, like, probably don't want to ask people that, but yeah. you know, in his yeah. way, in his gentle way. And do, so, do you think you're in prison or something? <laughs> what are you? What are you in for? <laughs> I uh yeah I murdered a guy yeah <laughs> so yeah Matt Matt was harkening back to his days in the pen yeah that's right that's right <laughs> well oh but man there's so much value in a mentor right I mean somebody you can come to with anything like I said it before but I can honestly come to Pastor Chuck with anything man and um he'll listen he'll give he'll give advice he'll give counsel he'll give input the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors I have several guys who pour into me uh, but he's the main one. And man, that's my, that's my dude, man. He, I love that guy. And he's just, I think also the value of having a mentor is, is somebody who can, somebody who's done something maybe that you haven't yet, Mm -hmm. you know, that can take you to a place that you want to go to. And, um, you know, again, like pastors never plan a church, but man, I, I, I want a ministry like his, like he faithfully preaches the Bible. He's been doing it for a lot of years um, week in and week out. And yeah, man. So that's, that's what I would say. Just a few, even I could go on and on, but that's just a few things. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, for me, the value of having a, having a mentor is is having an example to follow. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I tend to, um, my learning style, I don't know. I don't think everybody's like this, but usually I like to be shown, Mm. uh, once and then I like to be able to, okay, now let me try with, some, but with a mentor there to kind of watch me, uh, and you know, give correction where correction is needed, and also somebody to be able to ask questions along the way as That's I'm good. going, you know, and because, and you know, this because you mentor me now, or yeah. coach me. We'll talk about the difference between mentoring yeah. and coaching, uh, but I like to process things, sure, by talking them out, yeah. Right? So sometimes, whenever you're meeting with me, you feel like you're on an emotional roller coaster <laughs> because one day I'm Woo! like, I think I'm going to do this. And then the next yeah. week I'm like, well, actually I think I'm going to do that. And Matt's like, where in the world are you at? Yeah. Like, so, but you know, that's just how I work. That's how my that's brain right. processes. That's how I work through things and figure things out. And so, um, I think, you know, that that's, that's the value of having a, Man, a mentor good. for me is, is somebody who can, uh, be that steady example, yeah. uh, for me. And, uh, and then also, Man, I think just you need mentors in your life who can tell you when you're sucking, you know? Yeah, like, you suck. When, well, you know, like yeah. not in that way, but right. like you don't want, you know, mentors shouldn't be like critical. Yeah. Um, but I think you do need, uh, a mentor does need to be able to have the confidence and the courage to like, you know, like kind of tell you what, you know, 
give you the what's what. Absolutely. You, need, you know? Absolutely, man. I, I think back in some of the conversations, you know, like, um, I remember, uh, I mean, I, I got some weight to lose. I want to lose some weight, obviously. But I remember when I was, bef- right after I came to Christ, I was at my highest weight I've ever been. I weighed 325 pounds. Wow. And, like, I was morbidly obese. And it was really. Do you, do you want to know how much I weigh right now? <laughs> you Like, what? Like, 140? 137. 37. <laughs> I met this guy the other day. He weighed 90 pounds. 137, man. 90? Jeez. Yeah. Well, okay, 90. He was sick, though. I'm five foot four. Okay? Yeah. So, I'm just not like. A, He's just a little guy. Like, He's I'm just a like, little guy. Oh God, should we call <laughs> Should we call the police? I mean, should <laughs> we. Are they starving Jared up there? I'm not sick. Please, donors, fund this man. Fund this man. We're hung- I'm a hungry. He's so hungry. He's five foot so, four, so 137 hungry. pounds. I literally am hungry, actually, though, <laughs> because I'm intermittent fasting. That's still. hilarious. But it's dude. not. I'm not starving to death. Don't worry, everybody. We, oh, we have man. food. That's oh, so funny, dude. What? Chick Fil A is coming. Chick Fil A is coming we to Toronto. Talked about it yet? I, why are we talking about this? Okay, so here's the analogy. Yeah. This is what I felt like when I heard yeah. Chick Fil A was coming to Toronto. Yeah, there are other missionaries who may have been in remote <laughs> villages and they've been working for They're a long losing time. Losing their heads and, and, and for the gospel. So what I felt like was what what they felt like the first time their village that they've been laboring in for years got electricity. And they're like, finally, we have electricity. <laughs> we got a microwave. It's like, finally, we We've have Chick-fil-A in, in our city. It's coming in 2019. It's coming. Dude, it's coming. It's going to so, be incredible. Well, you know, back to our topic. I mean, that's probably how I got to 325 pounds because I was living in Memphis and I got to eat all the Chick-fil-A I wanted to. And I ate too, way too much of it. But, true. but you know, I'll never forget this. Pastor, uh, he called me into his office and uh, we had our weekly get togethers. And man, dude, he uh, was right after I preached. And, um, you know, he looked at me, he said, you know, Matt, you, I'm going to tell you something that's going to hurt you, but I want you to know, I'm telling you, cause I love you. And he was like, you, God has gifted you in some unique ways, man. You can communicate. And he said what he saw in me and he's like, but you got to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, it was like, it was literally just like, it hurt me, but you know, it, it hurt in a good way. I knew it was the truth. Like, and I knew he told me cause he loved me. And I think like a mentor to what you said, you know, a mentor will, a, a mentor will steady the ship. That's how I, the analogy I kind of use, you know, a mentor will, um, you know, when we're up and down and we want to do this and make this decision, a, a mentor will say, Hey, let's pray about this. Let's ask the spirit to guide us in this, you know, and he'll come alongside and walk you through that process and, and say some of those difficult things, you know, and, and, to to your point, you know, won't, won't tell you you suck, but a good mentor. I always tell guys like, if if you call somebody your mentor and they've never had a difficult conversation with you, they're not your mentor. That's good. Yeah, that's good. You know, this is we're gonna kind of get out of order of of. Uh, it's all good, man. This was gonna go. There is no order. We can do. Whatever we, we can want. do. We own this, this our, thing. This is our podcast. This is our podcast. Um, you know, going back to your example, uh, the story that you just told of, of how Chuck approached you. Yeah. One thing that stood out to me, I think is so critical to hear for, for those of us who are mentoring others. And, and honestly, we'll talk about that too. We, you should have somebody mentoring you and you should be mentoring yes. somebody else. Like yeah. you need both of those relationships. That's right. But man, one thing that Chuck did in that example was that he first affirmed you yeah. and he talked about your giftings and the he potential. talked about what you're doing well. Yeah. He didn't just come straight in like a hey, fatty, go, bro, you look so fat, <laughs> bro. You are fat. Like you were the talking, lights, you, your mouth was moving and all I could see was your fat. 
<laughs> oh, man, I'm hungry. That's it. you were talking about. You were in First John, but all I kept hearing was, "I want to eat. I want to get this done so I can go eat." Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, cookie! I want a cookie, Cookie Monster. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> We've got to, it's time to oh, put the life man. jacket back on this episode. We apologize to all our We're, fat listeners. It's drowning. I'm fat too, so we'll get over it together. Oh <laughs> we'll get over it. We'll get over it together. It'll be okay. <laughs> somebody's out there like, man, this fat. is. Somebody's out there like, man, this is so true. I wish I had a mentor tell me I was fat. <laughs> oh man, this is fun. All right, what's your next question, bro? Hit me. What up? <laughs> What I was going to say is that you should definitely speak oh, life man. into somebody before you're going to, yeah. um, you know, bring constructive criticism, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that it really is important because it is. you you would not have taken that the way that you did had he just come straight in right. and started critiquing, critiquing you, yeah, right? That's true. Like the fact that he affirmed you and told you like, hey, here's what I see in you. And there's actually a reason that I'm going to... Uh, say this thing that's going to hurt you yeah. because I see the potential and right. I, I want ultimately what's best for mm-hmm. you. And so that's why, you know, it's kind of like, it's a little bit like when you're, you know, uh, your dad's about to spank you and he's like, no, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. You know, right. it kind of gives you the talk, even though at the time when yeah. you're a kid, you're kind of like, that's, that's even now, I'm, even now I'm still like, uh, that yeah, belt hurt me more. Probably. probably. Yeah. But, but it's, it's kind of like, it that, is. you know what I mean? It is it's so same. important. Um, Cause I've seen some people who think that they're, you know, trying to help others and they're just plain yeah. critical and mean. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they just have a critical people. spirit. Yeah. There's people. And like, you know, they want to, and, and man, you know, I know we're going to get into this, but like when you're a mentor to somebody, if you're always critical to that person, you never build that up. I think one of the, 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 the greatest things, one of the most fun aspects of the calling God has on uh, my life right now and my wife's life, Erica, you know, is that I love, we love to build people up. Like I love to encourage people. I love to pour into people and uh, specifically planters and leaders and their wives on Erica's side. And that is a lot of fun for us, you know, but here's the thing that you, our listeners got to understand, unless you're doing life with people, you can't do that. You, you can, if you're always just encouraging, if you're always just, oh, you're the best, you're doing this, you're doing that, but you never have any difficult conversations, you never help them get through some of those things, you're not really mentoring them, you're not really helping them, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I think I think part of that is you have to be willing to love somebody enough to have some, some of those conversations. Yeah. yeah. And I guess um, we've kind of touched a little bit on this, but talking about the difference between a mentor and a coach, yeah. um, if you're with the North American Mission Board, uh, then you definitely have heard about coaching. Shout uh, out Dino Sanessi. Yeah, Dino Sanessi uh, just came out with his uh, new book. We're going to have recently. him on soon. Um, yeah, so it's been, um, you know, that's that's been a strong emphasis. Um, and I, but there is a difference between a mentor Big time. and a coach. And I think that one of those main differences is that a mentor uh, is much more likely to be one of those guys who's going to kind of speak into your life yeah. more. Like he's going to come... Uh, and, and, and say something like that that may hurt, yeah. uh, you know, and cause he's going to be speaking from experience. Right. Uh, and usually a mentor is, you know, somebody who's, uh, you know, like you, you were saying earlier has been walking closely with the yeah. Lord. They've got the, I don't know, I guess like 
for lack of a better way to describe it, that they've got the spiritual authority, I guess. Yeah, in your that's life, a good way to say it. Uh, to be able to to say certain things that maybe others wouldn't say. That's a good way to say it. Like, you know, it's like I call Chuck my pastor. I call him pastor. I, you know, it's, you know, he would be cool if I called him Chuck. He wouldn't have any problem with that. But to me, man, like he's my pastor. He's our pastor. He's my wife's pastor. And uh, everybody needs a pastor. And, uh, you know, so like I respect that in him and, and, um, yeah, so I think, you know, we are all under spiritual authority, you know, and you should all, we, we're all should be accountable to somebody to, to, to hold us in check. So that's good. What do you say? What's a coach, Matt? Uh, I mean, like we have it, but a coach is somebody who, a coach is somebody who helps you get to where you want to be, you know, a coach is, but like the difference in my opinion is, I know it says it, but like a mentor does, you said it earlier, a mentor speaks in mm -hmm. a mentor says, Hey bro, listen, I love you. You you can't do that, man. Like, um, this is one of the hardest parts for me is cause I've been in the past five or six years, I've been mentoring guys. And then when I started to learn from guys like Dino and Jason McGibbon on the West end of Toronto and stuff, how to coach properly, it's hard for me. I'd be completely honest because you want to jump in and mm -hmm. say, wow, you can't preach like that in a church planning context. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you can't like, you shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's not my job. Yeah. Right. That's not my job. Part of a, part of the job of a coach is to kind of let them mm -hmm. figure it out mm -hmm. and be there for assistance. Mm -hmm. A mentor speaks in directly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And I know you've talked about, um, an example uh, of a mentor in your life is, is Pastor Chuck. And um, I know for me, the first example that I really had, um, outside of my dad, obviously, yeah. you know, you, you know, I, my dad's more than a mentor in my life. Sure. Um, your he, dad. He's my dad. Right. Uh, although he does do, you know, fulfill some of the functions of, of a mentor. Yeah. Uh, but Joshua Harris, not the guy that wrote, I kiss dating goodbye. Um, <laughs> so everybody always like, Oh, you, that guy mentors you. Oh my gosh. You no, just... like I don't, first of all, he recanted everything he wrote in that book. Did you know that? What's the book? I Kissed Dating Goodbye. I don't know if he I've ever heard of it. He basically like came out like years out. He wrote it in his 20s. And like after that basically came out and said like, yeah, I was wrong. Like Interesting. And it was very popular. Very, wow. Yeah. Like, I never uh, heard of it before. Probably because I met my wife when I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> I but Kissed Dating Goodbye when I was 16. It's basically a book where it's like, you know, like he talks about just don't date. You shouldn't date. Don't worry about it. And yeah. I mean, it, there's some... There is. Some Does it like promote more like, like a courting type? Yeah, but I mean, it was probably even more extreme than that, you know, yeah. where it's kind of like just, just don't date, and it'll all work and out. It'll all kind of come together. Uh, I think Jen's Jen's dad, I think, bought that for her one time. Oh, um, that didn't work out too good. She dated you? No, it didn't. So, yeah, no, nah, it worked out. I think I think he did a good job raising her. She's, Absolutely, she's, she's incredible. She's a, and I'm not just saying that because he listens to the podcast. That's right. How you doing, Jay? Shout out, Jen Huntley. No, no to Jay Daryl. Oh, sh her dad. Oh, shout out, Daryl. Jay. Jay. Daryl. Daryl's his last name. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the last first name threw me off. <laughs> you don't meet many people like Daryl with the last name. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> You're talking Anyways, about Josh. Oh, yeah, Joshua. So Joshua... Um, we got to have Joshua on, man. I would love to have Joshua on. He's got an incredible tell about story. Their tell him about his ministry, And dude, Joshua uh, runs uh, Oak Ridge Disciple House. Uh, it's a discipleship training program uh, in a men's home for guys struggling with drug and alcohol addiction yeah. and just uh, life bad life decisions. And yeah. it's in um, uh, Florence, Texas, uh, kind of in the Austin area, Austin, yeah. Texas area. Uh, man, Joshua is... Uh, 
he, he was a, a cocaine addict uh, for 13 years. God rescued him out of that life uh, at, a, at a men's home uh, out in West Texas. And he's given his life away to helping other men who are just like him. And they've, uh, they've seen, um, that over, dude loves Jesus, man. He loves the Lord. They've seen over a hundred men graduate. They've baptized a couple hundred people yeah. now, uh, through that ministry. It's just been uh, incredible. But, but the one thing that Joshua, uh, taught me yeah. and it, what he didn't even have to say it. Uh, what I learned from Joshua is to follow as hard after Jesus as I possibly That's can every it. single day. That's that it. man is up early in the morning before the sun rises, the first thing he does is hit his knees. Yeah. He's in the word. He's in prayer uh, constantly. Yeah. Uh, he clings tighter to Jesus than anybody I know. Yeah. And so I learned, or he, he helped set the tone for my walk yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and God through him put a, a desire in me where the more than anything else, what mm. I want in my life is I want intimacy with, with Christ. That's I right. want to know him. I want to yeah. walk with him. I want to be a man of prayer. And I yeah. got that from Joshua. Yeah. He's, you know, people that know me, you know, they think I, well, I'm an intense person. You think I'm intense. Yeah. You should meet Joshua. Joshua's yeah. intense. But you have to be in that ministry. Yeah. You, because yeah. literally lives are at stake. Absolutely, man. Like it's not like souls are at stake and like these, a lot of these dudes are like, yeah. if they don't get it right now, yeah. like they'll die. Absolutely. And we've seen them die. Like guys that don't Absolutely. make it in the, in the, through the program. They leave and they, they leave die on the streets or whatever. They go overdose. They overdose right? They're dead. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, man, it's uh, Joshua has just his example though. Um, has always been that that's spoken to me more than anything he's ever said. Yeah. Uh, is that, you know, as you know, you, you hit on something that's really powerful there. You know, we, we, um, guys are like, what are you looking for to mentor this and that man? We're going to get to this, but when you're looking for somebody to mentor, you find somebody who pursues Christ. They love Christ. Mm-hmm. They love Jesus. Yep. You know, there's people meet pastor Chuck and me. I, we're, we're, polar opposites man personality wise you know he's more introverted i'm extroverted i've never met a stranger he's more quiet more reserved but man what i've learned from that guy is the power of prayer like man he prays he constantly he'll text me hey let me know how i can pray for jared let me know how i can pray for james let me know how i can pray for case Savannah, all our planners our residents like he's always just praying for us and just loves the lord you know that character man find men who you can pursue and follow that have character right I think a, a disturbing trend we're seeing, you know, we're seeing some of these well-known guys kind of fall away mm-hmm. and guys, it devastates guys and because they're their heroes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, it, it kind of grieves me in a way because like your, your, your mentor, your hero should not be somebody you've never met. No. It should be like your pastor. It should be, you know, somebody like that. So it's good, man. Thank yeah. God for Joshua and his investment in your life. Yeah, man. Um, and then, you know, obviously you've uh, played a key role in that as well. Um, you know, one of my, the reason, like one of the main reasons that we moved up here uh, was because... Erica. Yeah, that. Um, but, you know, one of the main reasons we moved up here was because uh, I, in you, I saw somebody that genuinely uh, loved Jesus and wanted to, wanted to pursue him with all of his heart. And yeah. I can't, I'm not going to follow a man who doesn't. You know yeah, what I mean? Like there's yeah. just no, like I'm just not going to. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to, you know, what do you look for in a, in a mentor? Uh, I, I think you need to find a man who has a walk with Christ like you want, mm. uh, you know, and, and find him uh, and then just, you know, go and emulate him. Right. Yeah. Paul says in first Corinthians uh, 11, one, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm. Find somebody that they've devoted their lives to imitating Christ and then start imitating them. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, man. I, I thanks, bro. That's kind. I appreciate that. It's humbling to hear. 
You know, it's, um, you know, we're so flawed. We're, we're, we're such flawed people. And, you know, when God gives us the opportunity to invest our lives and to pour into other people, like we know the issues we have and we know our struggles and we all live a grace filled life. Right. And so to be able to, uh, to be able to help guys and to mentor guys, it's, it's a huge blessing, man. So yeah. I just yeah. feel like we need to hug it out right now. Oh bro, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll do it. We'll do it in our minds. In our minds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hugger, bro. I hug you every time I see you. So you know that. Well, Matt, um, I, I, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but are there any other like characteristics or qualities of a good mentor hmm. um, that you yeah. would say are important? Man, I, I think a couple of things that I've always looked for, um, especially the older I get, the way a man respects and loves his wife mm. is really important to me. Yeah. I think you can learn a lot. I, um, you know, I had the opportunity to be around some guys who are, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I, I really push against like the culture of celebrity Christianism or whatever, Christian Christians or whatever, but, um, Christian celebrities I'm trying to say, but like, um, somebody told me once, you know, a lot of those guys are like the grand Canyon, you know, they're beautiful from afar. You get up close. It's not so great, you know? And, um, I, I think I want to be known as a guy who like loves my family. Well, really loves my wife. Well, um, loves the people that are close to me well. And I, one thing that really attracted me to want to um, pursue a mentorship relationship with Pastor Chuck was the way he loved his family. Like, mm-hmm. I think he really loves his family. And, um, you know, he was a football coach and athletic director until he was 31 in Mississippi. And then God called him. Yeah, he, he was a deacon and then started, you know, just went to seminary and started pursuing. That's what you did then, obviously. And we're not saying you have to do that now, but. It's what he did. He went and got prepared, got equipped, got trained. And he, so the way he loved his family and then the way he stepped out on faith. Um, you know, he tells tells me a story about when he went to New Orleans Seminary, you know, and he showed up and and went to the uh, the uh, office or whatever and said, um, so I want to be a pastor, you know, so where do I sign up, <laughs> basically? And, like, there was, like, they're, like, people's been here guys have been here wanting to pastor for a lot longer than you, buddy. Yeah. And like, but he, he has something about him, man. He really believes in the power of prayer and he's a man of faith. Mm-hmm. Like he, he believes, he believes that God is going to do what he said he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I called him the other day and we were talking about all the things God's doing right now in the network. And he's like, you know, why are we surprised in his accent? He's yeah. like, why are we surprised, man? You know, <laughs> God, God says he's going to do this stuff. God says he wants to do it, mm. you know? And I'm just like, so I, I look at those characteristics. How does a guy treat his family? Yeah. How does a lady treat her husband? Um, you know, how do, uh, what kind of faith do they, what kind of steps of faith do they take? Mm. You know, do they live by faith? Do they live by prayer? Um, mm. the, the, and one thing that's always really attracted me to pastor is that he does things out of obedience. Mm. Like he's not an evangelist, but he shares the gospel out of obedience because mm-hmm. the Bible says to. Yep. And he's like, you know, you can't abdicate certain things. You you, you can't just like, you know, you can't delegate that. Mm-hmm. Like you got to do that. And so I think for me, you know, and then one last thing is how how he or she treats people when nobody else is around. Yep. You know, like um, we've all heard stories. Like a guy can get up on a stage and say like, man, I'm so thankful for Jared, I'm so thankful for so-and-so or my family. And then like when nobody's around, you know, he's a different person. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you don't like that. You don't want that. No. You know, so. 
No, you want integrity. And yeah, that's it, man. I think is, yeah. you know, like you want somebody to be the same person no matter what, no matter who's watching, mm-hmm. you know, no matter if they're around. And, and yeah, it, to me. How about you? Man, I, I the most important thing for me is like, what's their prayer life like? Yeah. Um, you know, and you, what are they, you know, are they in the word? Uh, yeah. And you can usually tell just by how people talk. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's easy to spot somebody who spends a lot of time in God's word because God's word is coming out of their mouth all That's the right. time. They know it. Yeah. It's just, it's in their heart. They've hidden it in their heart. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, how, how are they talking? Uh, how are they, uh, how's their prayer life? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and also, uh, I think just, um, one of the things is that, that's bothered me in the past about, uh, some is, is how, uh, there, there's some people who will, uh, I think you maybe get a little bit too big for their britches and mm. they begin to think they're more important than they really mm. are. Uh, and they don't have the time of day yeah. uh, for people who they don't feel like can benefit them in some way. Yeah. And I remember, um, I remember kind of, I've seen feeling, that too. You know, I remember feeling like that, you know, like early on when I became a Christian and, and being around some leaders and, and, and there was this desire for me to want to be around them and to learn from them. Yeah. And I, and I and I kind of quickly realized there that wasn't really reciprocated. Yeah. Like they weren't too interested in investing in me. And I mm-hmm. just remember um, when I first got into ministry, being I uh, like I never want to be one of those people that makes others feel like I don't have time that's for them. That's right, or feel inferior, they don't, or that they don't matter. That's right. Um, I, I yeah, never ever ever want to give that impression to another that's person. Right. Because that's the worst. Like I felt that before too. That's the worst feeling you can possibly feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when when. I, Man, that I remember. Um, I remember when I first got in the Marine Corps, and I wanted to be a part of a church and a leader in that church. Just I, I begged that person, man, like take me to hospitals, take me to whatever. I, I want to learn, you know. And man, they just didn't have the time of day for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember how that made me feel. And it, and I was going through a lot of stuff at the time, man. Mm-hmm. And I could have really used somebody just to love me and to teach me and all those kinds of things. And, you know, that's the worst feeling in the world when you put yourself out there and you say, I would love to learn from you. And somebody's just like, nah, I don't, I don't really have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I don't care. Right. Um, it's a bad feeling, man. And I'm with you. I love what, I love what Exponential is doing right now on Dave Ferguson, he mm-hmm. building Hero Maker mm-hmm. and building that platform so others can stand on it. Yeah. I love that, man. That's awesome. I love that. So what do you do if you, you want a mentor, but you don't have one? Yeah. How do you well, find one? Well, we alluded to this earlier. Um, man, I love John Piper. I love, you know, feeling the, feeling the preacher, whoever is your favorite preacher, um, whoever's your favorite communicator, whatever. I love those guys too. Um, but those guys are not your mentor. Like they, they've, they, they can mentor you in some aspects, maybe like how to communicate well, or like Tim Keller's great, man. Like how he speaks in the culture and like, maybe he can mentor you from a distance, you know, but you're probably never going to know Tim Keller. You know, he's probably never going to really know you. Um, I think how you go about finding one is everything starts with prayer. Mm -hmm. Ask God to bring you an experienced man, or if you're female, listen, a woman, um, it should not be, it should be same sex, by the way. Um, you know, ask that, ask God to bring an experienced mentor into your life that wants to genuinely pour into you and has a heart to develop you and you can learn from, and you can ask questions from and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say this, Jerry, like, um, ha- clarifying expectations and roles mm-hmm. from mentor to 
mentee or however you want to say that, you know, it's like, this is, uh, I've learned this over the years. Like, um, when somebody says, man, would you be willing to mentor me? I'll say, uh, you know, I, I would, I would love to mentor you. This is what the time restraints I have right now. And this is how long I'm willing to do this mm -hmm. because here's, here, here's the reality. Like guys like you, like, you know, I'll be in your life until we both die. Like, I know that, like I'll be in other guys's life until the day they die. I'll always be around, um, in some capacity, no matter if I move away or they move away or whatever, we're going to stay connected. Mm -hmm. But, but not everybody's like that. Right. There's going to be some people that come into your life that you pour into for a season mm -hmm. And you're going to help them get to the next place in their life. And then they're going to, you're going to kind of kind of lose touch or whatever. And that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. That's okay. Yeah. And I've got, I've got several guys like that, you know, and, and, uh, I still love them and they still love me yeah. and we still, and we still do keep in, in yeah. touch here and there, you know, like I know when I was at, um, when I was in Brownwood one of our partner churches, Cogger yeah. Avenue Baptist church, uh, love that church, man. And I was a university ministry in, uh, intern there, but, uh, Ricky Cabot, he's the youth pastor there. Mm. He's been, uh, He's, 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 he's a rare breed. He's yeah. been a, the youth pastor there for over, uh, 25 years. Wow. Same church. That is rare. He's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, but man, me and him, I, I spent so many hours just sitting in his office, just talking. Yeah. And we talk, we talk a few times a year, you know, we talk, we still yeah. talk a few times a year and, but that was a season. There was a season in my life where we talked all the time, all the time. We were always there, but, and I know like anytime we go to Brownwood, like their home is open to us, yeah. uh, him and his wife, Teresa, like they're, they're an incredible family. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I know like Joshua, for example, though, like there's, there's a relationship there that's unique. Yeah. Um, you know, he's my spiritual father in a sense, yeah, you know, the guy that yeah. led me to the Lord and, yeah. and you know, we don't talk as much as I'd like, but that's also because, yeah. uh, you know, we're both busy, busy, uh, we got doing ministry. Of, yeah, we're doing busy yeah. doing ministry, but I know I can pick up the phone anytime Absolutely. and he makes the time for me, Absolutely. Uh, which is something I've always appreciated. And I know, like you said, you and I will always have that relationship. Yeah, um, for sure. So it, it is cool. Yeah. I would say this too, man, before we wrap up today, like, if you're, if you're like, man, I, I don't think what I'm trying to get, what I'm trying to say is this, not very well, but what I'm trying to say is this. I remember there's stages in your, in, in my life where I need somebody to mentor me in like ministry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to preach. And like, let's face it. You can learn how to preach in like seminary or whatever, but like you need a seasoned communicator, like to show you what, mm -hmm. how to preach. Mm -hmm. And it's so solid to be able to do that, you know? And so maybe there's something in your life where like, I just need to, I want to be mentored and be a dad how to be a good husband, how to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. it, be willing to have maybe uh, one or two different people in your life that you go to. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's an it's an older gentleman in your church and he loves the Lord and he has raised kids. And you say to him, would you be willing to meet with me for breakfast, you know, every other week mm -hmm. or once a month to start out with? And I would just like to ask you questions. Yeah. And you know, one of the, one of the best things that my mentor did was, you know, pastor would say, Hey, listen, I want you to write down, uh, five questions. And what do you want to know? What do you want to learn? And it made our time so much more productive because mm -hmm. I could come in instead of just saying like, how you doing? You know, what's, how's it going? That kind of stuff. Like he would say, what do you want to know about how to lead a church? What do you want to know about how to fashion a sermon? What do you want to know about how to give an altar call? What do you want to know about how to do a graveside burial service for a child? You know, right. all these things that I, they don't teach you in school. Mm -hmm. And so like find you somebody like that yep. and then find somebody that maybe you just see that person, you know, and um, maybe it is the pastor or whatever. And, and, and I think especially in like a bigger church, you think like, man, I'd like for that guy to mentor me, but maybe you, you just think that cause you like his preaching ministry, mm -hmm. but you get to know him. You probably, you might not want a mentor in yeah, you, sure. you know? And so just 
asking, praying about it, and then asking those people. I think this is what I'm getting at. I, I think sometimes we think like, man, nobody, especially in ministry, nobody can mentor me unless it's like the senior pastor of this church or, you know, a staff or whatever. That's just not true. Nope. There's like deacons, there's Sunday school teachers, there's people that are just, they just love the Lord. They could show you so much mm-hmm. if you would, you know, I have to say this. If you really want a mentor though, you, you have to humble yourself. Yep. And you have to be teachable because you, you won't really ever be mentored well if you're not teachable and have a spirit of humility. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's what I would say. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I don't I don't know if I have a whole lot to add to that, man. That um I just think that um you know, when it comes to when it comes to seeking out a mentor, uh, you know, I do think you need to take the initiative and yeah. um and then I think you need to remember that also it's not your mentor's job to like chase you down uh, you know as I'm yeah. thinking about some of the guys that I mentor you know uh, yeah. I, I, I want guys that are eager uh and they're also teachable and humble like yeah. you said already right they, they yeah. actually um want to learn in fact I've got uh discipleship in about like 30 minutes with yeah. the guy and and I I really enjoy my time with him because he is on time every time we, yeah. we 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 get together. He does what I ask him to do, do during the week. He looks forward to you know our meetups. Like those, yeah. it's enjoyable. What's not enjoyable is you know guys that I have to chase down, guys yeah. the buck against everything I say. It's like, well, you want me to mentor you or not? You know, yeah. Uh, if you if you do, then you got to yeah. trust me a little bit. You know? Yeah, yeah. So and it, it goes both ways, right? I mean, to be able to say, I think, and and it's a good word. I think some people. I think some people want to think they want to be mentored. What they really want is to be affirmed with what they want to do with their lives. Or they want attention. Or they want attention, you know. And man, for our church planners listening, this is a good word for you to hear. Um, especially in the beginning of your church. Somebody's gonna to come to you and say, Man, would you mentor me? Would you disciple me? And I don't want you to misunderstand, like, you don't have to say yes to all those. Yeah. I mean, like, you should primarily be leading or, or discipling and mentoring leaders. Yep. And, uh, you know, some people suck the time from you in a great way. You've only got so much of it and you've got to invest it wisely. And I think that you you could pretty quickly figure out the ones that, and and it's not, I want to clarify here that it's not the people who have the most talent that you should be pouring into. It's the, it's the teachability and humility. It's the eagerness, the willingness. Uh, Are they, do they yield? to Christ. Like yeah. when, when, when Jesus shows them something or they see something in the word, are they yielding or yeah. are they bucking against that? I don't care how talented they are. If they're not yielding to the word of God, you're wasting your time yeah. spending it with them. Honestly, you're throwing pearls before swine yeah. is what you're doing. Um, yeah. so find the people like, man, Hey, they might not be, you know, the most talented person in your church, but if they're willing to, to yield to what God yeah. says they, they want to do and they want to pursue yeah. the Lord with all their heart, those are the people you want to spend yeah, time they, with. They have the eagerness. They have the desire to learn, you know, and, Man, guys that you're having to like track down and chase down and remind and stuff like that, man, there's something wrong there. You know, and I would just say this last thing too. When you talk about mentorship, mentor relationships and stuff, I think sometimes like people, people think, you know, like it's a, it's a therapy session, you know, and we, we, this is same goes, uh, principle goes for discipleship. Um, one of our church plants, you know, um, it's like talking about, you know, like trying to, they're, they're trying to like break away from this mentality of always just having, you know, like one-on-one and, and like, okay, I've dis- I've discipled you. Now it's time you go, you go and disciple somebody. And, you know, and this person was telling me like some of their, uh, you know, a couple of their people are like, Oh, but you're not, we're not going to meet together anymore. It's kind of like, no, like yeah. 
this is not until Jesus comes back. This isn't like a, you know, cause those, those relationships can become like therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, let me just tell you everything. And the purpose of a mentor is to help you get to a place where you want to go. Yeah. And naturally some of those things are going to come out, you know, like I'm struggling with this and I'm, I'm struggling with that. And mm-hmm. there's no silos in our walk of Christ. You know, it's like, if you're having a sin struggle, or whatever, yeah, that's appropriate to help talk up to with the mentor, of course. Um, but you know, that, that mentor is not a therapist. He's not a psychologist or whatever. And, um, and so he can only help you so much or she can only help you so much. And it's there to, to get you to the next place you want to be. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, let's, let's just meet till Jesus comes back and I'll share my stories. You share your stories. That's why it goes back to the expectations you were talking yes. about earlier. Clarifying those expectations up front. What do you want so, out of this? Right. What do you want out of this? Hey, here's where we're going. Here, here's, here's the goals. Um, you know, obviously one of the expectations uh, should be, like my goal is to, by the time we're done, have you mentoring somebody else. Yeah. You know, like you need to start the person you're discipling slash mentoring needs to be discipling slash mentoring somebody yeah. else uh, before long. Uh, yeah. Because you know we're called to make disciple makers, so mm-hmm. uh, it's really important. And then uh, you've you've mentioned this to me before too. Uh, for those of you guys who maybe you are a planter and right now you feel like there's like 12 different people that you're trying to juggle meetups with and you've yeah. got nobody else in your church really who's a capable uh, disciple maker or whatever or mentor, um, you know, and, and a lot of those relationships are with people that you're trying to chase down and they're not really, you know, consistent on showing up and they're not really doing the things that you're asking them to do. Like, don't be afraid to go have a frank conversation with them and just say, hey, look, um, it just doesn't seem like this is working out because yeah. you, you don't show up on time when we meet. You're not doing the things that I ask you to do. So, it, it, you know, and and here's what, you know, my expectations of, of mentorship are. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It just seems to me like this, you know, maybe this isn't the best fit right now. Yeah. Uh, and then, and if they respond and, and they repent and they say, you know what, I'm sorry, you're right, I'm wrong. I, yeah. I want to do this, then okay, maybe give another shot. But, yeah. you know, like kind of don't be afraid to have that conversation and just cut ties. If yeah. You and sometimes it's a, like we're all adults. We say that all the time on the network. We're all adults. Some, sometimes it's not a good relationship. Sometimes you get into a mentorship relationship and you're like, man, I just like, I don't like this guy. I don't think he likes me. And like, you can have that conversation. You can just say, and if expectations aren't being met, you know, you can say that you can just say like, Hey, I kind of had this expectation coming in. And then the guy can take a step back and say, you know what? I see how you could have had that expectation. Let me make this adjustment and fix it and we'll get it back on track. Or then it might be like, Oh no, I didn't have that expectation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can make those changes, but if you just keep on meeting with somebody and it's not productive and nobody wants to say anything, it's just not healthy. So, you know, you, you got to clarify what you're looking to get out of it. You do. You do. This is a good talk, man. It is, man. We're, we're, uh, it's too bad. We got to wrap it up because yes, we can sir. probably keep going. Um, but, uh, want to thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure you head on over to www.getinthetrenches.com to listen to other episodes. We've also got a blog up there. And so occasionally, uh, I'll, uh, I'll post some, some blog posts, uh, we need your help getting the word out about in the trenches. So if this podcast is beneficial at all to you, then uh, please do us a big favor and share uh, in the trenches on social media. If you haven't gone and followed us on Twitter or liked us, uh, our page on Facebook, could you do that and then maybe share our page and just uh, and share um, you know the link to this episode? We'd really appreciate that. It'll help uh, get this info into the hands of more church planters and, and hopefully and prayerfully it'll be a benefit to them as well. Uh, Well, we'll be back with another episode next Monday. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planters.